Welcome back to Bell Curve with Mary Scott, Liz, and Rachel. Y'all, can you even believe it's 2020? No. <laughs> no! What happened to 2019? I still feel like 2000 was like 10 years ago. Exactly. What were you doing 20 years ago? I was in middle school. <laughs> oh, Liz. I was uh, a baby. You were in middle school? Shush. Uh, let's see. 20 years ago. 27, I was in love with my not yet husband, I think. No, I just barely met him. And I was, you know, trying to figure things out as a young lawyer. Hmm. I was in the middle of my senior year in high school, ready to graduate, get going on life. I went to pretty much the same small school and same church for my whole upbringing. So I had a wonderful community, but I was, you know, ready to spread my wings. I think the Foo Fighters came out with the song Learn to Fly during my senior year. Do y'all remember that song? I love that song. love that song. And it, it kind of was my anthem at that time. I was laughing with my sister recently about the style of clothing at that point. Y'all, I've always kind of been attracted to just tacky. So my favorite outfit my senior year in 2000 was a neon blue pleather plasticky jacket that I paired with a long neon blue and hot pink skirt. I mean, it was just like you had to put on your sunglasses to look oh, at man, me. Oh man, that makes me like feel clammy just thinking about <laughs> it. <laughs> Y'all remember Y2K? Oh yeah. I think there are still jugs of water in my mom's basement that she put down there in preparation just in case. Just in case. case. Well, whether we're talking about the year 2000 or 2020, really whatever year, most of us get the itch to reform our lives, reflect on the new year, make new goals. I think it's just in our psyches to clean mental house once a year. And I think we know this is manufactured. There isn't really any difference between reforming in, say, July or in January. But I think there's nothing wrong with using any motivational momentum, manufactured or not, to grow rather than stagnate. And I've shared before, New Year's is really one of my favorite holidays because of that fresh start feel. I like to reflect on wins and losses. I like the feeling of starting over. Probably most of us do. But we also have likely all heard statistics like this one from U.S. News and World Report that some research suggests more than 40% of Americans make resolutions. And at the end of the year, only 8% feel they were successful in achieving their goals. 8% of the 40? Uh-huh. Oh, yes. That's a small number. Or, or this, that according to 2018 data from Strava, I think that's how you pronounce it, a social network for athletes who analyzed more than 30 million fitness records from its users, most of our annual commitments, I thought this was really interesting, start to fall apart the second Friday in January, which this year is January 10th. Wow. <laughs> 10 whole days. <laughs> That's how long it took for your resolutions to pod fade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'd really love to know what y'all do to reflect on the previous year, if you do, and, and what you do to prepare for the new year, and maybe specifically what you're thinking heading into 2020. So I have journaled since I was I think five or six years old. I think since as soon as I could write pages or write words down on a page, I've journaled and so that's what I do every year, particularly around this time of the year. Can I just say that for the listeners, her journal is like right here. Well, yeah, and, and it's, yeah, yeah, I know, and it's it. like, it's, beautiful, it's got, it? yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's blue and pink and it has this Moroccan design on the outside. And she flipped it open downstairs when we were 
together a second ago and I said, oh, what's that? She said, oh, that's my gardening plan. For well, the- <laughs> yeah, because I don't just write, you know, my hopes and dreams and, and how much I love my husband in it. I also like draw and doodle and stuff. And I was starting to plan out my garden for next year or for this year, for this spring in here. And I'm, I have zero artistic talent when it comes to drawing. And so it looks, I mean, it's recognizable as my backyard, but just barely. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Don't even get a sidetrack. In in years past, I've made these like checklists, kind of like doing a to-do list, like I do every single morning. Of I'm gonna lose 20 pounds. I'm gonna exercise every day. I'm going to only eat health food. Blah 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 blah. And it's it's never really worked out. I was for a long time one of those people who would fade out very quickly by the end Mm. of the month. Usually, we've talked about it on on Bell Curve before, but. Two years ago now, I started exercising every day, and I actually stuck to it, and it has changed my life for the better in a really, really drastic and intangible way. We talked about that in our episode about health choices, and so go back and listen to that if, if you haven't heard it yet. I think it's full of really good, actionable information. But this year, I did something a little bit different because I've noticed there's a pattern of mine of making these to-do list things that are big and broad and, you know, so I can put a check mark by them at the end of the year. And I never go back and revisit them throughout the year at all. So Mm. instead of having a checklist, I made a list of, of basically what I want to look back at the year 2020 with fondness and say, this was the year when. Mm. So instead of this is what I'm going to do, kind of putting myself in my future shoes and saying this was 2020 as the year when these things happened. So I wrote down some. I chose joy and grace and patience with myself and others. I learned happiness with less and became a better steward of my family's resources, both financial and then the earth's resources, natural resources. I found my way to peace. I captured big magic every day. There's a book by Elizabeth Gilbert I love called Big Magic and it's Mm. about your creativity and I felt beautiful and strong in my own skin I've really had a huge uh, mindset shift of instead of trying to lose weight or find a number of finding a feeling inside myself and that's that's the feeling I want to chase now instead of a number on a scale so those are my resolutions for this year and that's kind of my process my new process I'll maybe in a year I'll come back and say eh, that didn't work so well but I think you have to choose a process that works for you mm-hmm. and it, it's not doesn't have to be the one that you're recommending there or the one that I'm about to talk about but I do agree with you Rachel that New Year's, it's a clean slate, and it, it may be manufactured, it may not be real, it may be made up by the media to you know send us all to the gym, but there is something really good about getting a, a new start, a fresh start, and that's biblical, it's cultural, it, all our influences point us this time of year towards making some goals, resolutions, whatever you want to call them. And it's very healthy. It's very healthy. Don't don't let anybody pressure you out of making a goal. It, there's nothing and everything right and nothing wrong about making some goals this time of year or any time of year. I'm going to harken back to an episode that we did a while back where I talked about some strategies for making goals. And one of the reasons why I think people don't keep them is they don't think about them the right way. So I recommend that you start with some really big goals. Those are your strategic goals. Um, And maybe that goal is losing weight, but the big strategic goal would be your feeling of being healthy. Mm -hmm. 
Now, underneath that, make some checklisty type things. Those are your tactical goals. I'm going to eat a healthier breakfast every single day. I'm going to walk for 20 minutes every day. I'm going to um, I'm going to substitute, you know, thick pizza and bready pizza for thin pizza. I'm going to, I'm going to make some, I'm going to do some things that are, that sounds very specific, <laughs> but those <laughs> are your checklist, but, but those are your checklisty type things. So it'll help you to, to start with your big goals, start with your tactical goals and then do your, your, or start with your strategic goals and then drill down to your tactical goals. I have a few big goals this year and then kind of a few smaller, you know, then I fill in the pieces underneath. I have some big professional goals. Um, I always do things that I want to do in my profession. And then I have some things that I, some things I want to do with my family. I have a health goal. But none of those big goals will happen unless you attach the checklist underneath, the the tactics underneath. So that would be my advice to our listeners is just whatever goal you come up with, come up with the big three or four big goals, two big goals, one big goal is plenty. Uh, And then... And then do the things you got to come up with your steps and you because if you don't do your steps, then those big ones won't ever materialize. I think this is kind of related to that, but there's a lot of research out there showing that if you try to do too much at one time, you're really going to get overloaded and then just kind of give it all up. So maybe if your goal is to become healthier, if you're trying to eat better and watch less TV and read more books and exercise and you start all that on January 1st, you're going to get willpower fatigue and maybe kind of drop all of them. So, but if you can do one at a time and maybe attack them monthly, like Gretchen Rubin did in the mm-hmm. in her book, uh, what was the name of that one? <laughs> Happiness, Happiness Project. Project. <laughs> Good job, everybody. <laughs> and then let them build on each other. So you set a good base and then you start adding the other ones. Research shows that's that's really helpful. Too. I can I can completely believe that, and don't underestimate the power of small decisions. Really small changes cumulatively can add up to a lot. Mary Scott, I really would love to dig in if you're willing to share even just one of those goals and some of the checklist items underneath. I feel like that would practicalize it. Right. So let's take my health goal. This year, I would like to get back to truly being an athlete. I was an athlete in high school. I was an athlete in college. But then it kind of morphed into, I want to look good in my clothes. I want to be, you know, a certain size. I want to be a certain number on the scale. And I've realized this year, I ran some races this year. I've, I've allowed myself to ski faster. I've, I've realized this year that I want to be an athlete again. Mm. Uh, and I love that. Yeah. I do too. And so if you want to be an athlete again, you have to eat a certain way. You can't be afraid of the scale because you will weigh more. Hmm. Um, Maybe, depending on what sport you choose. Your body will change a bit. So that means your clothes may not fit the same way. But I like that feeling of being an athlete. And I feel strong. I feel sexy. I feel, you know, beautiful. So that's my big goal. So what do I have to do underneath that? Uh, for me, that means uh, more intensely training and for longer periods. So not just, you know, my three-day week Tabata class. I've got to add in some runs. I've got to add in some weights. I've got to add in a certain number of calories. I've got to add in a different mindset. I've got to add in some different shoes, for heaven's sake. So those all kind of go underneath my, my big goal of I want to be an athlete again. 
yeah, athlete. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's All right, Miss really, CrossFit. Know, How yeah, are you going to well, want up that? Well, it's interesting <laughs> because they they refer to the folks really who are just program participants, but they refer to them as athletes. And I have found that that really makes you feel good about yourself when you step in and someone's calling you an athlete, not just a member. So when you said that, I thought, yeah, I think that's part of what I like about CrossFit. Cindy Crawford says there's nothing sexier than be able to move your own couch. She does say that, and I love it. She is the sexiest woman alive. (laughs) Well, hey, we moved this table up to this office that we're sitting in right now. (laughs) Well, for me, you know, this year I was really, I think, longing for time to reflect, and I I frankly struggled to find it, but on New Year's Day I did get away for a few hours. I drove up Rainbow Mountain in Madison, Alabama, and found a rock overlooking the city where I could just perch and pray and think and write things down. And I I did come down from the mountain with what I felt like was a purpose for 2020 and some goals and then some enabling goals. And I confess that I went up the mountain excited about what I would come down with. A part of me came down the mountain with a a bit of a weightier feeling than, Mm. than maybe I would have thought. And I think that's because I realized upon reflection that 2019, though there were some certainly some challenges, it ended up being a lot about my health and wellness both physical and emotional, which meant that I allocated a really a good bit of time to physical activities that I enjoy and some really enriching community experiences, which were largely lacking for me in 2018 and to some extent previously. So I think this past year, looking back, was restful and enjoyable and really pleasurable. I realize now God led me beside some still waters and restored my soul through focusing on my body and spirit. I got the sense that this year, my purpose is going to involve a little more sacrifice. That was the word I came away with, was sacrifice. In fact, we went and saw the Star Wars movie, The Whole Family, the other day, and I was watching the previews and just watching them. But then the Mulan preview came on. Have y'all seen that? James and I both cried oh, in the movie theater. Falling. I'm just like, she's so capable and powerful. And she's sacrificing for sacrifice her family. For her family. I, I did. I sat and both of my older children, Annabelle Logan, leaned over and looked at me because they just knew. And I took off my 3D glasses and I was just, tears were streaming down my, but I think that idea of sacrifice and duty resonated maybe even more than ever. I really feel like I need to give Pepper this year the same space to focus on his overall well-being, sort of let him have a, a sabbatical of sorts. So anyway, that feels like my purpose. Um, that's exciting in some ways. It's the right timing. I'm ready and psyched up. You know, still, I think what the challenge is that I am excited about as well, it just feels a little difficult, is finding the discipline to be efficient with my time on things that I've already built, meaning not losing what I've gained physically, not losing the community that I've built, but managing my time in such a way that all of that isn't left off as I move forward into amping up some of the other areas. I think that's really important. Oh, the D word, discipline. (laughs) Discipline. Oh, man. (laughs) And the E word, efficiency, right? With time, the big T word, the big valuable thing that we're all trying to figure out if we get down to it is what's the best use of that resource, which is time. You know what I think drives a lot of that is what time you go to bed. What time you go to bed. And if you can make one small change that will enable so many other things, your, your mindset, your spirit, your, your willpower, it's what time you go to bed. And backing that time up a little bit, giving yourself a little more rest. Hmm. Um, it doesn't all need to be about activity. It also needs to be about 
sleeping and getting rested so that all those other things that you need to do are enabled. And I, and I love that word enabled. And I think that's part of it is if I know that X, Y, Z enables me to get to my big goal, mm-hmm. I can't let, let go of that. And sleep is one, health is one, working out, certainly. There is something I want to share that um, I know God was trying to speak to me because it kept popping up in strange places. I was cleaning out a drawer just as part of my yearly clutter. And I came across a just a handout from a Bible study that probably I did 10 years ago. But that handout was about the orphan mentality versus the child of God mentality. And then a book that I had set aside, I didn't really get into, but I picked it back up. Lo and behold, the chapter that I read was about the orphan mentality and the child of God mentality. And I thought, this is really important, I think, for me. And what I mean by that, I'm sure many of us have heard that in our Bible studies and whatnot, but that we really either have a mentality that God is truly there for us and he's providing for us and will help us in real ways. He's a real partner. Or the orphan mentality is a little bit more like feeling like it's really up to you and you alone. Like if you don't come through with your own efforts, your own hard work, grit, making it happen, you're going to be desolate. You know, no, there, there, no reinforcements are coming that there is no good God who you can call on. It's up to you. So when you fail or things get hard or you don't see how you're going to do what you have to do, you can get anxious and burdened if you're using that orphan mentality. So uh, the child of God mentality, on the other hand, is characterized by a deep trust in the goodness of God, which practically speaking should free us from worry, strife, fear of failure, fear of the future. I think it really gets at who do we believe God is? What's our mental picture of him? So for for me this year, as I sort of carefully allocate that time, I want to, when I run into my limitations, whether that be wanting to meet the, the true needs of my children and my husband emotionally in ways that or what a mother should do at the same time as wanting to give my best at work. When I run into those limitations, thinking of God and believing that he is my partner that I can call on, who's going to take my meager offering and make it so much more than I can muster out on my own. I, I just get the sense that that's going to be important for me in 2020. Well, I think you probably, if you asked those 8% of the 40% of people who kept their goals, they were not the orphan manipulating the activities in the situation. They were making the decisions that were valid and that they had very good reasons for making. And they weren't bereft. They weren't, they weren't standing out there in the wilderness thinking, how do I survive? And what, you know, what do I need to do? That's the next thing in front of me. Um, Who do I need to slash and burn to get to the next place? The child of God, the, the person who is making decisions that they can keep are making decisions that are worthy and meaningful and that go to a goal that is worthy and meaningful. Hmm. So I, I, that resonates, Rachel. One other thing inspiring me at this season I'd like to just add is that a friend of mine posted something on her Instagram that just stuck with me, and I want to hear your, your thoughts on it. I wonder if it'll resonate with you. I thought, man, I wish I had read this 10 years ago when I was really in the heart of those hard years of motherhood. In the year 2000? 10 years ago? <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. But you know, those hard years of motherhood when you just can't get anything done with little, little kids. And so I share this with anyone in that stage really in mind. So what she shared said, don't be envious of other people in their winning season. 
You don't know what they gave up in their losing season. It is so easy to look at someone out there winning in some way and forget they either have already been through some very hard times or you don't know what they're going through right now or the season of hard times is coming for them later because it just does for all of us. And you also don't know when your hard or dark season will come to a close and you'll burst into the light and it will be your season of rest or success or whatever else your soul may be longing for. I love that. That's something uh, James and I talk about a lot in terms of what is the the Bible verse of there's a time for sowing and there's a time of reap it for reaping. Of there's a time I, I love to garden, and so this is how I think about it, and it, it goes along with that same terminology of when you're gardening and you're putting a seed in the ground and it is still cold outside. It's still early spring, and and the the ground is just it looks everything looks dead and brown. And then you tend it diligently and you water it and you fertilize it. And then those tender little shoots start to pop up and you start to see those signs of life. But you're still months away from picking that first, for that first fruit. But you still have to put in the work in that point or during that time period to get to the fruit. And there are times in our life, this is a time in my husband and my life right now, that we're doing the tending, we're doing the sowing. The reaping is gonna come one day. We're gonna we're gonna harvest that fruit. It's just not in this time period yet. You know, work is hard right now. Something, you know, there there are time commitments right now that are gonna pay off in the future that just kind of suck right now, just to be just to be honest with you. But we we have to to approach that knowing that that fruit is coming and and resting easy in the faith that knowing that God is going to provide that fruit for us if we're diligent. And I think now. taking the the approach of the goals that we make and right now in 2020, that there may be a long arc to those goals, and that that arc could arc over a decade. And that doesn't diminish or, or, or downplay the need to make goals and resolutions. And, and this is the, a great time to do it. But knowing that the, the sewing could be a very long, you know, could be a very long process. And that's got to be a big reason why so many people, you know, they, they cut it out after 10 days is you don't start seeing those fruit. You don't start reaping those benefits in 10 days to some of these big things that would make a huge difference in your life. I mean, you start eating healthy, you might feel a little bit better in 10 days, but you're not going to have magically lost the 30 pounds that you might need to lose. You might, you might be able to run a little bit farther in 10 days, but you, you're not in the middle of, of running a half marathon yet. And so you don't see those big benefits right away. And it's hard to keep going. So what are some ways that maybe if, if you don't mind, what are some ways that y'all guard yourself and make sure that even when when the going gets tough, and you're not seeing those benefits right away that you keep working toward your goals? Well, I guess I'm going to come full circle here. And that's the Mary Scott checklist manifesto. <laughs> oh, I should have seen it coming. <laughs> Feels so good to check. <laughs> so there is a place for checklists. There really, really is. I don't want to downplay them with what I said earlier about big goals. Big goals, big goals are important, and it's and those might span multiple years. They might span decades. They could span a lifetime. You could have a lifetime goal, but there's a. It's really, really important that you have actionable ways of getting to your goals. I like to measure. So there's lots of tools for that. There's I've used a, a 
I've used an app called Noom. I use Fitbit. I've used the old pen and paper method of just writing things down and, you know, having it stuck up by the, on the wall of the bathroom, you know, there's, but I do whatever way you choose. I do think checklists, small goals that are recorded, being able to look back on those and see a a line graph or a drawing or a, a series of numbers or, you know, whatever it is, you know, I do think that there's, it's really important to, to measure what we measure. We tend to care about, but don't mistake those checklisty measurable type items for big goals. That's a mistake. A lot of people make Uh, going for a run is, is not a, uh, it's to me, that's not a goal to me. That's a means to a goal. And what comes to mind for me is that getting that purpose down even ahead of the measurement tools and ahead of the goals can help you make sure that you're not, what's the old saying that you can climb that ladder for years and realize it was leaning against the wrong wall. Mm. You got to the top and you realized you weren't, that was the ladder you were supposed to be. That's a really hard realization when you, yes. when you hit that. You yeah. were measurably moving somewhere. You were going in a direction. You were even succeeding in a direction. You were just leaning against the wrong wall. You know, and you just don't want to be there. Spend a little time projecting yourself a decade, two decades, three decades into the future, and then make your annual goals, make your resolutions like that, and then, and then do your checklist. You know, and maybe just do a quick sweep of your spirit for, fo- for folks who just aren't built that way, who don't necessarily, they're not the Enneagram 3 or the 8, or they just sort of float a little bit. Hey, look, I mean. Shots fired. One, no. nine. Oh, my goodness. No, no, no. You know I like that stuff, too. But I'm just thinking of a few friends of mine who who would say that just overwhelms them. I would say just do a good meditative sweep of your spirit and try to think, are there any sticking points? Is there anything that's out of alignment that you know you either need to remove from your life or add to your life? And just pay attention to that. I, I love that, too. And Y'all know I love checklists. I I make one every single morning for what I want to get done that day. (laughs) But I've also realized when it comes to some of those bigger goals, I'm not always the best judge of what will actually make me happy in the long term. If you had told me four, three or four years ago that some of the things that would bring me the most joy at this point in my life were gardening and working out in the yard and teaching a spin class, I would have looked at you like you were a crazy person. <laughs> and I think that's where some of the the spirituality part of it comes in, of, of listening to God, listening, being able to listen to yourself and saying, oh, this is something new that I didn't think was going to be something I really enjoyed and loved and brought me joy. But let's chase that instead of doing the things I thought I was supposed to be doing and just kind of have a little faith in that. I think you're wise to realize that that happiness doesn't always bring you joy. That's what I'm hearing. And or the, achievement. I mean, here's, yes, here's the Enneagram three thing is that, you know, if if I set the goals are these things I achieve. Well, sometimes those achievements that I'm supposed to have done at this point in my life aren't the things that are bringing me joy right now. Mm-hmm. It's the other stuff that I found along the way. I think that one of the things that we do here that I think brings us all joy in our hearts, true joy is, is giving something valuable to others. And I think that you, you, you get the furthest down the road towards having true joy, joy in your heart, joy in your spirit by bringing joy to others. 
Well, in that, on that note, and in the spirit of new beginnings, we are going to do things a little bit differently here. We've got some new goals for Bell Curve. I'd love, Liz, if you could kind of walk us through the new model that we've decided to jump in on. Like we teased last month, we are starting a Patreon where you, our wonderful listeners, can go to support us in a new way. We are so thankful for your listenership and for your feedback over the last several months. But Patreon is a way that you can chip in a little bit each month. We have different tiers. We have a $3 tier where you are a curvy, a $7 tier where you're ahead of the curve, a $15 tier where you're a curve wrecker. And then we have our outliers at $30 a month. We've got some really, really great opportunities that we think will create a lot of value for you. So you can go check out all of that at patreon.com slash bellcurvepod. It's the very same as all of our social media accounts, which are just bellcurvepod, where you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. But please go to Patreon. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com patreon and become a patron of the show it'll really go a long way in, in helping us be able to continue making these episodes and create more value for you our listeners and we really hope you'll go check it out and maybe pitch in and you can do that anonymously if you don't prefer to have your name attached to that know that we don't know who listens to the show and we don't have to know who the patrons are so if you'd like to be a silent patron we would value that please know that that can be anonymous Y'all, may this year be full of purpose and blessing for you, our dearly cherished community of friends. We are so grateful and happiest of New Year's to you all. What a benediction. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, ladies. (laughs) Let us pray. (laughs) 